Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Cindy. And I'm Duncan. And this is The Walking Dead Cast, episode 267. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you who've supported us by going to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you so much for your support. First of all, I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is <laughs> Duncan's back. Yay! Yay! A to the I thought it was me. Hey, homeboy. I thought it was me for a while there. You're the bad news. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the bad news is I don't I don't have any bad news. Yay! Yay! <laughs> just wanted to say that. Uh, before we get into everything, I wanted to announce to you guys FanFest Portland is this weekend. It's actually a combination Heroes and Villains and Walker Stalker. And so we'll be doing a meetup Saturday at 6 p.m. at Altabira City Tavern, which is at 1021 Northeast Grand Avenue, which is right around the block from the convention. So come on out and have a drink. And can you come? I would like to come. But you can't come (laughs) because you're busy, right? Aren't you? Well, I mean, the con's over at 6. Yeah. I should be able to come because sometimes you have it before the con ends. Don't you usually have to stick around and do stuff? Sometimes maybe I you don't can get I someone do. to cover for you. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I do have to do this. Yeah, that'd time. be sweet, dude. It's gonna be great. I have a couple of, of friends up there too, and they're gonna be there. It's gonna be fun. Okay. So come find us at the bar and have a couple of drinks and talk to us and other listeners. Th- those are always really fun. I, th- I sometimes think people intend on coming, but then they get shy. But yeah, once you get oh man, I thought you were gonna say get shot for a second. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's rough. Portland, <laughs> Portland's really rough. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, Duncan, I'm really glad to have you back. Welcome back. I'm so glad to be back. Speaking of uh, getting drinks, what are you guys drinking tonight? I'm drinking an Anchor Liberty Ale brewed nice. right here in San Francisco. And I am drinking pink wine for dudes from Stephen Amell, <laughs> <laughs> no which way. you may be able to drink at his Knocking Point Wine Party Saturday at the Portland Comic Con. <laughs> And I am drinking Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Oh, uh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, me too, man. I used to drink that when I went to Emerson. All right, <laughs> let's get into it. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, get a little bit of Melissa every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. It's our Deadcast Top 3. This week it's our Top 3 Highlights for Season 3, Episode 4, 100. Ooh. That's a lot of numbers. So uh, what did you think, Duncan? 
I thought it was a pretty solid episode. Not going to lie. Um, How have you been liking the season so far? Yeah. I've been liking it a lot. Um, I think the most impactful moment for me so far was during the, the, the premiere episode when the uh, the soldiers kind of like walking through the barracks area or whatever in that like military compound type place. And he hears the sound in the wall and he walks over and pulls off the grate and all these rats come out. And oh, then he yeah. sees this, the Zeds in there and they just drag him right in. And like bend him back. Oh, yes. Snap is back. I like stuff like that. That was cool. That reminded me of an 80s, not any specific one, but just 80s horror movies. It seems like stuff like that would happen a lot. And when we started this show, that was like kind of like the vibe we were hoping for, right? It was like that classic horror feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. I I think it's been a pretty good season so far. How about you guys? Well, you audience already knows about what you guys and uh, yeah we, we we've been loving it i mean i mm-hmm. i think it's on it's in top form and better than ever and yep uh, our listeners seem to agree most of them anyway and i've really started to appreciate i mean i always did but even more that fear the walking dead seems more grounded and realistic it's still not grounded and realistic compared to real life but more so than the walking <laughs> dead proper which is good to have it be different in that way yeah definitely yeah, this is. I think there's a marked improvement in the the quality this season. So mm-hmm. it's been, yes, and very enjoyable. But so it, I would say it was on an upward trend last season. Yeah, I think. Yeah, agree. Yeah, and I think so far this season, each episode has like topped itself mm-hmm. for me. Anyway, I mean, I like this episode. Um, I have never oh. been as much of a fan of Daniel as everyone else, but I do like him. But that I don't know if anything for a long time is going to top the Bible study for me. <laughs> Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah! I loved this episode. Awesome! And I did not used to be a Daniel fan, uh-huh. and I am now. Now you like, are a hundred percent. I think I'm more of a Daniel fan now too than I was before, and I already kind of was. Mm. That's awesome. All right, let's get into our top three. Duncan, go ahead. Okay, my number three was the um, the sequence of little things going on that I'll call the religious sequence at the beginning after he runs into Ephraim, Ephraim, um, or Ephraim, as the actor says. Uh, but, um, you know, he tells Ephraim as they're sitting there, you know, I'm not a good man. I've done terrible things and I feel it's time that I'm, I pay for my debts. And he goes on to say how he was in this, the place that was on fire and he, he woke up afterwards and wasn't sure if his daughter had burned alive and, and it was just a really impactful moment for me when he, you know, just begged this stranger who he knows is a good person. He's, he's not a priest or anything like that, but he knows he's good because he saved him and he didn't have to. And he's begging him for forgiveness. It's just really a powerful moment. And then when he leaves and, and encounters the zombies in Mexico's L.A. River and kind of knocks the first one into the water and then the second one is this monstrous guy like looks like a dude from the band mastodon or something mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? or like and, a uh, big like uh, you know when you have a band of pirates he's the big bulky one yeah yeah <laughs> yep and uh, he just kneels and begs to you know mother of mary mother of god and and the lightning just strikes him in the head and you know, like immediately I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. You know, like what are the odds of that? That's stupid. But at the same time, it was just kind of like a cool, um, you know, a cool thing, which I enjoyed. And 
That was pretty. Uh, I did. Pretty, pretty. Interesting. I did too. I enjoyed that lightning to the head very much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so there were two instances that, because uh, the phrase deus ex machina comes to mind. And that's right. Uh, these days, it's a storytelling. It's used to describe in storytelling when something comes in and saves the hero that where the hero had no agency. So a, a lot of times that's kind of not a compliment it's saying the the writing is lazy but yeah in this episode the dog saved him first yeah which i thought was great and he mm-hmm. he laughed at it and then uh, and so i think i saw someone online said dog ex machina which was cute but uh, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, and then the lightness ex machina and in this case i don't see it as lazy writing at all because it's thematically related to i mean for one thing daniel's story always kind of is intertwined with his faith and, and religion but two, this episode, yeah, like you're saying, has a lot of religious undertones. Well, the fact that he didn't imagery. die in the fire to begin with. Yeah. It's you know, a mir- he's not someone dying. Says, yeah. And, and I think um, Lola says it's a miracle he's still alive when she sees his fucked up leg. And oh, so this lightning is like just the ultimate example of right after he prays. It's just it feels like I don't know if it's actually true, but it feels like God is saving him like God doesn't want him to die. So it's yeah. very intentional for it to be a deus oh yeah deus ex machina means yeah. god in the machine so it's god from the machine yeah it's it originally referred to like in the the roman days when they would have a, a crane come down and like lower a character onto the stage out of nowhere to uh, affect the plot somehow in a in a play yeah yeah <laughs> in the stage play and yeah i thought that was really cool even with uh i uh, ephraim he says before he kills a zombie with this unholy unction and his tender mercy, may the Lord pardon all your sins. And so, Ugh. and then he uses a hammer and nail and. Yeah, that and was interesting. His he choice says, of. I should have been a carpenter. So yeah. Jesus, Jesus yeah. reference. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how he preferred to use a nail. He even had like Crucifixion a little bag of reference. nails. It seems impractical. Said, it does seem impractical. <laughs> Very impractical. At one point. Just hold still point, for a second t- so I can get this in the right spot. <laughs> Right, and at one point he tells Daniel, "Like, no, get the larger nail. He has a thick skull." It's like he has grab a. Ba- the, it's like grab golf the clubs. Get the nine. Yeah, nine. like mm, no, yeah, not that one. <laughs> grab the nine-inch nail, buddy. Cindy. So I just have some stuff kind of grouped together, and I for number three, I just want to mention it, and I mentioned this before, but they are killing it with the cold opens for me. Their cold opens that lead into the title sequence is just, I don't know, so much better than Walking Dead proper. And (laughs) in that beginning sequence, I did notice, uh, because we are on the West Coast, that there was the zombie that was, or the the Zed walker that was following him, that the dog chased off. She was wearing shorts and a bikini top. Yeah, it's nice to see them not... That's yeah, true. they're not yeah. all in like Mormon they're clothes. All covered up. I mean, it's even ridiculous in in Georgia now. Um, right. Oh God. But yeah, yeah. and then Reuben Blades. Uh, you know, da- Daniel was wearing a beanie later on. <laughs> later on, I'm like, God, it's so hot down there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. I, you know, now that you mentioned that, I'm like, there's something about this zombie that seems different. And different. That's what it <laughs> she is. She wears shorts and a bikini top. Yeah. That's great. I agree, man. The yeah. cold opens are good in this one. Yeah, it's been really exception. good. Daniel walking down the street like a zombie himself, dragging right. his leg. Mm-hmm. And... I always love that. 
Yeah. <laughs> People are so fucked up they look like zombies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then later he looked like a zombie when they found him in the the, and the yeah. pipe, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, how did he get there? I think he just got washed along the He canal. got washed up because he got oh, right. when the lightning yeah. struck, he was kind of knocked unconscious and then he washed up. His feet were in there. Then the storm probably picked up and dragged him he yeah. and that guy off or him and that guy. Yeah. Off. Whether you, That's what I thought. I know some listeners too thought that lightning scene was ridiculous, but whether or not it's it. ridiculous that it have it looks so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like I kind of saw it coming or I was hoping when the lightning was and yeah. that guy was so big and I knew Daniel wasn't about to die. I was just like, he's going to get lightning in the head. And then it happened. I, was, I kind of <laughs> cheered because I was like, oh, a new way to kill a zombie or a walker. Yeah. I keep saying yeah, They showed it in slow-mo on talking. It was too, awesome. So that was cool. hey, I, I feel, I mean, Robert Kirkman has always said the walking dead is what it's like when a zombie movie never ends. He uses the term. Yep. Uh, right. It's just the people in the universe don't know it. But, I would okay. say even more so with this show, they don't know what a walker is. That's East Coast terminology. Right. They don't call them that. They what say do the they dead. call them? The, the dead. dead. Yeah. Okay. They said infected for yeah. a long time. Now they're saying the dead. Yeah. I'm still going to stand, stand by my phrase, uh, jerks. The jerk. They should be jerks. Every they're time jerky, you say that, I Perky jerky. Jerk offs. Steve Martin. <laughs> I think of Steve Martin in the jerk. Yeah. That's <laughs> I was born a poor I'm black I'm so child old. <laughs> That's right. Okay, I'm glad you've seen that, Duncan. Now go watch Evil Dead. Yeah, too. Too. <laughs> now go watch what? Evil Dead. Evil too. Dead Two. Oh, all right. I gotta watch Evil Dead One first. No. Oh you my don't. God. I can't <laughs> <really>. <laughs> okay. All right. My number three is Daniel's past because uh, we've learned a little about his past before this episode. And we learned some more this time. But what we knew before this episode was when he was a child, he saw a bunch of his village taken away by the military and then later wash up dead. And he was forced to kill one of the survivors. And then later he was a soldier in the Salvadorian civil war. uh, And he was torturing captives, killing communists. And you're going to kill someone. (laughs) Oh God. And then he was haunted by all the people that he's killed and losing his mind at the end. And last time we saw him, um, he became a barber. The first time we saw him, he was a barber and he had a wife and daughter and I like that he cut Efrain's hair in this one because mm-hmm. I forgot yes. he was a barber. That was awesome. When was the last time you had a professional cut your hair? <laughs> I was like, oh! That's right. I could use a haircut. Yeah, that's a burn. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just three days ago. Uh, then uh, Dante recognized his Salvadorian accent and immediately thought to check his lip for a somber negra tattoo. <laughs> Just a Dude. Little, little ridiculous. but That blew my mind, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So... The Sombra Negra, according to Wikipedia, is uh, their death squad groups based in El Salvador, allegedly composed mostly of police and military personnel that target criminals and gang members for vigilante justice. They stated that they killed people because the group believed police could not enforce laws of El Salvador. It's Spanish for black shadow. Now, this Ugh, about hardcore. some of their methods is... Uh, Wikipedia described it, but there was a lot of citation needed, Mark, so take this all with a grain of salt, but here's what it says. Sombrenegger members of the 1980s typically blindfolded and tied the hands and or thumbs of their victims behind their backs. Several hours of torture would follow, often including the removal of the genitalia, hands, tongue, rectum, and teeth. 
Later, the, oh my God. the victims receive bullets to the back of their heads from assault rifles at close range, and hate messages are written on the victim's body like, El idiota sufrió una muerta lenta. This asshole suffered a slow death. And oh, other wow. insults or gang-related slang. Autopsies performed on deceased gang members found trace amounts of semen, suggesting sexual torture. Ew. The somber Negro operatives would conceal their face and body with bandanas, anthropomorphic costumes, and use unlicensed vehicles with darkened windows when they carried out their missions in order to avoid full detection. Now, I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's what they're trying to say Daniel was involved with. Uh, according to Dante, as soon as he knew that yeah. he was met he was trained to kill by the CIA. So that sounds like... A, a different story or a different part of the story that the CIA used them for their own means. Yeah, that's hardcore, man. It kind of reminded me of um, in Dexter. Do you guys ever watch Dexter? Oh, yep. yeah, I did. Yep. Um, the uh, Dokes, the character Dokes, had fought against death squads in Haiti called the Tonton Makut. And uh, I don't know, it just that. reminded me of that. Uh, it's hardcore. And then he becomes, for a short while, a janitor, which means, you know, for Dante, which means in in the zombie apocalypse, janitor means dragging lots of dead bodies out of grates and drains and things. But as soon as he finds out he's Sombra Negra, he like immediately makes him his right hand man practically, which I thought was a little crazy, crazy. for him to trust him so quickly. He yeah. said, if you help me solve my problem, I'll give you a place worthy of your stature. And then he just like gives him a high place immediately. Um, yeah. <laughs> like any enemy of the communists is a friend of mine. <laughs> but he, uh, this whole thing reminded me of Saeed from Lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel kind of does, you know, right. has this past yeah. as an Iraqi interrogator. And oh, Wow. Yeah, Saeed. that was a great show. Yeah. So I thought, I don't know. I just thought I, I like the Daniel's dark past and. Yeah, I mean, that's part of what, that's all part and parcel of what is making me like Daniel more and more as a character. He's just so interesting and layered. I mean, I remember back to when he was first introduced, I just really didn't think two thoughts about him. Right. And then you yeah. find out. And just to uh, to uh, distinguish uh, Sombra Negra from Tonton Makut, who seemed to be, you know, just vile uh, bad guys, at least, seemed, you know, he's conflicted about his past, but at least... It seems that Somber Negra had a you know a, a noble purpose. Um, they you know they've also targeted the MS thirteen and stuff like that apparently. So I mean it's 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 horrible either way to be involved with stuff like that for sure. I always get the impression that Daniel he's basically doing what he feels like he has to do to protect himself and his family and survive. And I don't, th- I don't know yeah. if he ever really feels an allegiance to what he's doing as much as, you know, just trying as a to, means to yeah. an end, yeah, surviving side, and yeah. Although it yeah. is, um, it's not clear, which is one one thing that's interesting about his character. I don't, sometimes I yeah. think maybe he doesn't even have a clear idea of his own morality or what he's going to do next. <laughs> yeah, it's right? interesting. Very good character. Okay, Duncan, your turn. Okay, my number two was the uh, that scene where it's revealed that he was Sombra Negra, and he goes from being a nobody sitting in the, in the in the cafeteria area there. I thought it was hilarious. Everybody stands up, and he doesn't even budge. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like anybody else thrust into that circumstance would, you know, follow suit. They see everybody standing up. They they're gonna get up and you know try to blend in and try not to make waves. But he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, he's like Tupac, like just why, you know, like, yeah. spitting at the camera. 
uh, the, you know, the guy comes over, ends up bending down and like making him look him in the eye. Sticking his finger in his in his spam and and then he forks him, forks yeah. him right. Yeah, fork you, man. That was <laughs> awesome. And then and then, the, then they're questioning him, and he's like, "I was just eating." Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Solo mayo. Yeah, he. Uh, that was hilarious. He totally made, he bitch made that guard, and they had a security, <laughs> and uh, for another Tupac reference, and uh, yeah, I just thought that was a really great scene. And Dante walks up, starts reaching up to his face, and he like pulls his head away sort of dramatically and Dante manages to calm him down and make him let him reveal the tattoo on his inner lip and mm-hmm. it was just hardcore I don't know this is just a really again impactful for me I guess that's another reason why Dante suspected that there was something quote-unquote special about Daniel be- just because of the way he handled himself yeah just his right. attitude like yeah. he's like oh this guy's military for sure yeah. not putting up with any shit like what are you a lieutenant you know, a captain like starts referring to him by different titles. Like, yeah, he's just zeroing was, in on what this guy's all about. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. very interesting. Good it scene. It was. That was well a very good scene. What if he grabbed his lip and there was no tattoo? He'd be like, "Oh, oh, sorry." Daniel bites <laughs> his finger. <laughs> what are you doing, man? I mean, I gasped audib- audibly at when he revealed the lip tattoo. I was like. <gasps> <laughs> I think I was like, oh shit. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's cool. And it stands for like Susie something. I don't know. One of his Susie Rutabaga. <laughs> Susie Rutabaga. <laughs> yeah. N. S N. Oh. Sombra Susie Nussbaum. Nussbaum. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting that they had. Uh, We've translated Sombra Negra as Black Shadow um, because one of the names that they had colloquially, 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 whatever. That's a hard one. Had <laughs> given, yeah, colloquial, fuck, I'm usually, I'm a rapper, I'm usually good at talking. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, they had referred to them as shadows in the first season. Am I, am I correct? Do you guys remember that? The dead? Los Sombras. Oh, yes. David, yeah, yeah. Or Daniel yeah. had actually that's called right, them yeah. the Sombras. Yeah. That is interesting. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. So maybe that's a reflection of, uh, you know, how he sees himself and his, that group of people. Right. Yeah. I, would, I mean, he in this episode, he's saying, he keeps telling everybody, you're dead, which basically it's like, well, you're already dead, so I'm going to write you off, kind of. And he yeah. even says Colloquially, that Colloquially, I got it. Yes. Yeah, he says it to Strand. He says it to Lola. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, it's crazy. All right, your turn, Duncan. I think no, Cindy. Me. Yeah. Uh, so my number <laughs> two group together is kind of like the gore, and I had the lightning to the the head of the zombie, which I loved, but the scraping of his leg, I was just oh, like, god. oh my god. I can't I know. take it. it uh, I broke my leg playing hockey one time oh. when I was in like seventh grade, and um, so leg stuff, you know, or like yeah. broken bones. Like I'm like, huh? You know, I could never watch that TV show Snapped or whatever it was called. Yeah, but like that just seemed excruciating. What well, and, and the the way oh it looked, God. all black and crumbling. Uh, yeah, yeah. They showed awful. her scraping it. It was horrible. I was like, how did he kind of recover from that so quickly? 
Well, we don't really know how much time passed. You're tr- yeah. That's true. Like and Game of Thrones, people are like, how did right. Varys get from Westeros to Esos? Like, uh-huh. Do we don't know how much time passed. <laughs> just go with it. Just go <laughs> Just go with it. I like that they said, try not to scream. And he uh-huh. he didn't look like he was trying not to scream even one little bit. He it looked like he had his mouth open as wide as it possibly could. And he was screaming as loud as he possibly could. Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But. Oh my god, I totally felt the pain like right through the screen. Yeah, it's yeah I did too. I was horrible. And they oh, said god. the first thing she said is his leg is rotten and he'll probably lose it, but yeah. I, I guess that oh, was the right could, thing to do. As she <sighs> scraped it, you could see the blood seeping up from beneath it and like Oh, who'd ever mm. designed that prop? Like needs a high five. No, yeah. it was Greg slapped in the face. <laughs> and that's the no. perfect case of gore used well, I think. Yes. Yeah. It, oh, it God. really well. Um, I th- I assume that came from in Celia's when he escaped the fire, right? He was burned. Right. His leg it was burned. Burnt, and then just all of the debris he picked up on the road, and his pant <laughs> yeah, leg was like to it. in the skin. Yeah, he said he had woken up in the fire, on yeah. fire, both. And uh, so, yeah, that, I imagine he woke up. The, the heat probably woke him up, yeah, mm-hmm. on his leg. Like, oof. My little brother, uh, he's seven years younger. When he was one year old, he pulled hot coffee off his no, shelf no. and it went onto his head and his arm. And oh, no. I've never heard anyone scream like that since. And he, he got third degree burns. He used to have to have it dressed oh. every day. Poor little oh, guy. That's oh, awful. Yeah. I didn't know you had a brother. He's fine now. He's like <sighs> 38 or something. I hope so. And that's horrible. He... Um, one time we used to have this uh, nurse, this male nurse who came and dressed his wounds every day. And then, you know, like two years later, we were at a parking lot in a grocery store and he was three years old and we saw that guy and he's like, oh, hey, you guys. And my brother just started crying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's got PTSD from his wounds yeah. being dressed. It's hilarious. So, he's fine Poor now. He has, his own, he has his own son. I wonder if that guy came to his house if he would like burst into tears. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Get away. <laughs> okay. Any more gore yeah. or? No. I just we already talked about the lightning to the head, but I really really liked it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> okay, my number two. Now, I think a lot of people will be really quick to just call this a redemption story because Daniel killed. You know, kind of it looked like he was going down the path of I'm going to be a thug. I'm going to do whatever this guy right. wants so I can survive just like he's done in the past. But then yeah. he turns. You and, could uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say you could tell he was you know reticent to do so, though, or yeah. hesitant. Um, but then in the end, he he it was awesome because it was totally unexpected. A, because you just uh, I don't know. It just didn't seem like he would do that. Yeah. But B because it's a it's a, it's a new villain and you we're used to Walking Dead keeping their villains around for a while right so. for a little bit longer than yeah. two episodes yeah so that was awesome um, and plus you just yeah. wanted this guy to to die yeah but uh, I think you know you could say that he killed him because he just realized you know well that's the best thing to do in this situation to protect myself and and the people i care about and that's what he's always done you know he couldn't he couldn't kill his bosses in el salvador cuz he's got a whole army against yeah. him yeah and and not only just himself and the people he cares about but he also was not thrilled with the way that the water distribution was being handled right no. um, and now i wonder if they'll take control you know like him and strand will be co-managers or 
He's going to make it rain on these bitches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the listeners, Mofavo, said she wonders if that dam will explode by the end of this. And my uh, whole thing with the um the dam when like uh who was what was the girl's name? Lola, Lola I think. Yeah. So when she was <laughs> is like, it a goddamn? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when she was saying how like you know like if if she wasn't feeding them small amounts of water they would die and stuff and I'm like. The fact that this dam is even working is a miracle, but there's so many places in the world right now in this apocalypse where water isn't being cleaned and is scarce. Like people just need to leave and go find a source of water. You know, don't stay there and die if you're dying of thirst, I guess. What would they do if Uh, the dam didn't work? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, you know, Karen, she's a uh, water conservation specialist. Mm And so I asked her if lack of water would be a big problem. I mean, I assumed it would, but I want to hear what she said. Oh. So she says, yes, yeah. getting fresh water would be a problem. It's a really interesting issue to explore. Bravo, Fear the Walking Dead for addressing it. In L.A., nearly all the water is imported, and what is there would need to be treated for bacteria, et cetera. Now, what you need is a, a, a solar-powered generator, Solark generator, and an Ecolo Blue atmospheric water condenser. So you can run your, uh, you know, get power from the sun and suck water right out of the air as much as you need. There you go. That works. Duncan, I wish you had been Absolutely. on with us with with the previous episodes because we were talking about, um, you know, the, the, inter- the introduction community. of the prepper community. And we would right. love to get your input on that because I was just about to say if the apocalypse were to happen, I think I'd make my way to Duncan's house <laughs> yeah. because I know he would be prepared. <laughs> Only thing I was going to say is I just started cracking up when he mentioned the pocket constitutions because I have so many of those and I keep them on my coffee table for of light course you for do. guests and give them to people and, and everything. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. So I just wanted to, you know, talking about whether this is a redemption story, consider Daniel's morality and whether he is a thug or not and what he thinks of it all. And he says to Ephraim, I'm not a good man. I've done terrible things. I'm afraid it's time to pay my debt. So it seems like he's aware that he's bad. Another thing I thought was telling was he knew he'd killed 96 people. And that's a sign that he's been paying attention and that they've weighed on him. And when Dante asks, he says he's lost count. He says he's lost count. Mm -hmm. He wants to come off like callous and, you know, I don't give a shit, whatever. I loved it. Also to me, it was a signal of like, not being not having any allegiance to him like you know he he owed this guy his life Ephraim and told it was honest with him and right then this other this other guy who's you know depriving people of water and being a dick bag he's you know not giving him the truth not yeah not and, as honest yeah that yeah. signified to me uh, that was like foreshadowing of the end to me right and then it was the way they put it all together where I mean he rats out or he exposes the the fountain and his Ugh. rationale for that was, well, they would have found it anyway. And I guess he thought that they would have been able to trace it back to Lola and Ephraim and the other two guys. So he, I don't know if he ratted out the fountain, but he ratted out Ephraim to, so they wouldn't find the fountain. That's what I had thought. Well, they were at the fountain and they were about ready to leave. And he knew that by five o'clock it was going to start producing water. So he waited by the fountain. And then when it started producing, he called him over. Huh. Didn't? Isn't that yeah. what happened? I I wasn't sure. He called them over to a, like a little side area where there's like, like the Agua alarm and the speaker thing. Oh, that is that what that was? An alarm? I think so. What? I was so confused. What is Agua? Agua. 
Yeah, I have <laughs> yeah, a question yeah. about that. What was the deal with the Agua Agua radio? I think it was just to plane. let them know it was time to get the water. But, I mean, they should know that already. And all it was doing was like calling all I the know. walkers to them. Right. And, yeah, and it could alert the military or right. whoever, whatever you want to call those people that they've got water. So I was like, what is the point of the Agua alarm? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I thought it was, yeah, I thought the same thing, but I thought it was just to, in case they forgot or something. I don't in know. case they forgot they were thirsty? <laughs> right. And it wasn't very much water either. But No, it was not very much water at all. <laughs> okay, this is me jumping in during editing. I don't usually do this, but um, I just wanted to say that, yes, Duncan is correct that they, that uh, Daniel was actually leading them away from the fountain. You guys probably all already know this, but anyway leading them away from the fountain so that uh, Lola wouldn't get in trouble because they would know that she was doing that. So instead sent them to uh, Ephraim's hideout. And I'm still not sure exactly why he had a tape recorder that repeated Agua, but we did see that earlier in the episode when they were riding around on their bicycles with the water. Still doesn't totally make sense. But anyway, just wanted to throw this in there. Back to your regularly scheduled program. But anyway, my, my point in bringing this up is it just feels like through the episode that, oh, is is he a thug? You're kind of wondering. And, you know, he figures that he can't think of a way for Ephraim to survive. It's either he die, Ephraim dies or both him and Lola die. So he says, I'll make it quick. And then it was sort of ironic that he was going to use the hammer on him. But throughout this whole thing, it just felt like he's doing Dante's bidding in order to survive but then he turns on him at the end and i just i just feel like he thought well the situation is such that i can do this and come out on top Ugh. and you know we'll see if that's the truth maybe dante has other men that are loyal to him and it's going to be a problem but i'm excited to find out what happens next yeah me yeah, too me too but after uh, this I, I still wouldn't trust daniel like i'd be he's a shifty mm-mm. motherfucker i think I, I would be wary of him Very. unless i was yeah. his daughter well, he thinks that he almost burned her alive, so yeah. I don't know if she should even trust him. I mean, he's asking forgiveness, too, so I do feel like all this stuff is weighing on him and that he well, we'll is struggling Big with time. it. Yeah. He's been tortured th- throughout the series uh, with his past and with the things he's had to do in El Salvador. and yeah, it's been. But he's also like one of the first boy. to be really cutthroat sometimes yeah yeah absolutely well that's you know that's that's what it is i mean you you got to do what you got to do even if you're going to feel bad about it right right. but it's got to be done exactly he will do it he will do it and i think his highest ideal is to protect his his family which i i don't know if he believes if he thinks there's a chance ophelia is alive but um i think he thinks there is yeah i think so but I don't understand. While we're on this, I don't understand why they brought Strand up onto the dam for that last sequence. Yeah, it's yeah. a good question. I guess just to bring like him we let you live the, the first time, but yeah. right, right. I changed my mind. <laughs> All right, number one. Okay, my number one was Daniel sabotaging Ephraim and uh, his swift redemption on the dam. But for me, it was really, really, really hard for me to watch that scene where he goes in and is about to torture Ephraim after the guy had saved his life and everything like that. Like it was difficult for me to watch that. Um, Betrayal. 
Yeah, it's just I'm just such a loyal person, and I could never imagine being in that position. And mm-hmm. it just hurt me to 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 you know, I felt so bad for the guy, and just I don't know, it's just brutal. What do you guys think about that? Part? I mean, what if you look at it? I'm not. I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate because I I can understand that. But sure. from the point of view of let's say Daniel thinks. Wow, we're in a really shitty situation here. The best thing I can do for him is to offer him a quick, a little bit of a beating and then a quick death. Well, I mean, that's one thing, but, you know, you could not be, be proactive in, in enacting that in the first place. He could have let their own sloppy behavior lead to their downfall and right. not played an active part in it. Um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I would almost rather, like, die myself than do that to somebody i'm kind of with duncan and like you know what i'm just gonna like stab myself in the head (laughs) (laughs) i don't want any part of this uh it's just hard man it's really hard to watch which means makes it good writing because it was really another another impactful (laughs) moment for me where i was just like dreading it just dreading seeing what was going to happen there i don't know if i could bring myself even to stab myself i'd probably just start crying and then see what happened. I love you for that, Jason. <laughs> like, are you going to do something? And I just like start crying and then just, stand there no. and do nothing. Oh my God. Close my eyes. It's like not making a decision is making a decision. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the one I'm making. Kill them all. All right. Number one, Cindy. Um, It's the whole like... I don't know. I just really, I really loved this episode. I think it is my favorite. I loved, it's made me love Daniel. It was kind of a standalone almost, um, like uh, Morgan in Eastman episode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I loved that it was the whole thing was in Spanish and subtitled, which I almost didn't even notice because I was so into it. Um and that it wasn't even really like this show didn't even really have anything to do about zombies except for the few in the very beginning and the like, you know, the lightning bolt thing and the girl in the bikini that was trying to get him. But other than that, like that didn't even matter that this was in a zombie apocalypse. And I don't know, it just really like made me love for the first time on its own away from Walking Dead proper fear the Walking Dead. That's oh. a good feeling. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, uh, I'm always, I, I'm, I always like things about this show, but there, then there are things that I really don't like. So when, yeah, like for me, it was last week. I was like, oh yeah, this just kicked ass and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so just to finish off, like my number one, he refused, he's hesitating to toss the guy over the edge. He lures the other guy over near to him where he can give him a quick headshot and take out the assistants essentially, and then kill the guy. But then again, another like really impactful moment for me, which kind of mirrored the beginning with Ephraim when he begged for forgiveness. He, he gets down on his knees, you know, cuts, cuts the woman's Lola's tethers, gets on his knees, hands her the gun and bows his head and begs her for forgiveness. And it just like, it's just really powerful again. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just like a gut punch. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, and she's brutal. <laughs> she looked 
kind of anguished and uh, almost disapprovingly. But then she gave, she reached out and took his hand. Stretched her hand. Yeah. Oh man, it's crazy. Okay. You're number one, Jay. What do you got? Well, I already, we already talked about the religious imagery and that was my number one. So I'm just going to go straight to, I had a few notes. Okay. So we didn't talk about Strand's interaction with him, but. I love that him. He just went a little one step too far, saying she's waiting for you, which is like obviously yeah. a, appealing no. to him, and it, it's like he's too smart to fall for that. So I like that. Yeah. It was very subtle. Yeah. I took it as sort of like a metaphysical thing, like she's just sitting there, just waiting yeah. for you to find her. You know what I mean? Like not like she's actually waiting, like he's gonna come find me. But you know, but it was just like, a little too much, though. And oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Daniel, he's like, well, line. he's starting yeah. to bullshit. Right. He's starting to bullshit. And then he goes, goes, hey, you're making a mistake. Let's go go find her. And he, I mean, he should have probably just calmed down and said, hey, I think she is live, you know, but, but he didn't, he was getting kind of frantic and his eyes were darting. (laughs) I can take you to her. She's waiting for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just let me out. Just let me out. Just let me out. (laughs) If anything, he should have been like, she's here. Go find her. Then come back and let me out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, he doesn't know where she is though. That's True. Isn't, didn't he right. leave? What, what her happened at with her? The... I don't even remember. I mean, I can't remember when he when she separated from Strand, but I know that he was the only one left at the hotel at the end there. So okay. I thought she was going to kill herself at one point. Remember on the balcony or something right. like that. And then that didn't happen. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, and or then did it? I don't remember no, what happened to because her. <laughs> she was actually captured by uh, uh, Jeremiah Otto at the end of season oh. two at, oh, at gunpoint. And I, at the border, yeah, and I didn't realize that was him until some listeners pointed it out. But I went back and right. watched it. It's the same actor. Oh wow! Right, she drove off. She was fixing the vehicle. She went to find she her boyfriend crossing the bo- the border. Right. Yeah. So okay. wow, that's a dedicated woman. Okay. Next note: They have some <laughs> good food in the cafeteria. I noticed at least spam. for the zombie apocalypse. Well, I like spam, but there's. Cool. Ru- I know a lot of people are going to... I don't think I've ever had it. Dean loves it. If you fry it up with an egg. See, and that's the thing. That's how, if Dean does have it, we do fry it up like as part of breakfast. The way that Daniel was eating it was like straight out of the can. (laughs) That is disgusting. (laughs) He was hungry, but he also had rice. Well, I can imagine if you're really hungry, you know, Enid ate a raw turtle. I think I'd rather eat Spam than a raw turtle. I forgot about that. Yeah. I know some people are saying they would go for the turtle, but... To really? each his own. <laughs> Raw? Like not even cook it? Raw? <laughs> and then last... Um, they So the <laughs> title was called 100, and that's because he had killed 96 kill four people. people? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there were three... There was Dante and then three guards up at the dam. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, Daniel shot two of them and shot... Dante. So that's only three. There was another yeah, guard. What happened to the- it looked like uh, Strand was had tripped him or something, and I, I didn't see them throw him off. But I was also was wondering if maybe uh, that one hundred counts the guy who got thrown off because it was kind of because of Daniel, you know, the good Ooh. guy who got thrown off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for they, sure, uh, but. Whatever the case, it's a clever title because it means he can add four more to his list. It's a pretty prolific killer at this point. 
Uh, hundreds. Not, it's not that many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other notes or anything else you guys want to say? Um. So one of the things I wanted to point out that I like that shows do sometimes, and this one kind of did it with having, you saw from um, Strand. You saw like Strand's perspective a week ago, but then uh, we saw some of the same scenes from Daniel's perspective, like when Strand arrived at the waterline. Um, I love when shows kind of do that, when you see like the same scenario from someone else's perspective. Yeah, that was cool. That was yeah. cool. That was something that Lost did a lot. That was yes. really cool. Yeah. And you see someone hiding in the bushes or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought the, uh, I thought like the, you know, the repeated theme of good news, bad news was pretty cool. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked that you started the episode off with that. It that was pretty awesome. Good news. There's water. Bad news. We have to walk. Yeah. And then it was good news. There's nobody left in this world who will judge you. To judge you. Bad and then news. Fell I fell asleep. <laughs> What's the bad news? How can you fall asleep at that I moment? know. I thought he was gonna say bad news is there's nobody left in this world to judge yeah. you. That's and maybe, oh, yeah. that would have been hardcore, man. I think Damn. that is that was the um what he was gonna right. say. He didn't fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so brutal. So so brutal that just, yeah. Having to beat that guy. He was such a good guy. Yeah. Oh I know. my god, I like, know. If you talk, they'll kill you and then her. If you don't talk, I'm going to kill you. I can only offer to kill you as quickly as I can. <sighs> he says, those options aren't options, brother. <laughs> no. And I didn't know how he could follow through on that when he's supposed to be torturing him well, to talk. Yeah. How he, could exactly. he go ahead and he kill him, him quickly? Yeah, he punched he, him a oh, few I times. Oh, accidentally nicked his femoral artery. And then he said, uh, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to talk. And then he grabbed that hammer and I think he was just going to whack him as hard as he yeah. could, you know? What did you two think about it being the whole thing was in Spanish? Did that cross your mind? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? I like it. Um, I th- I wouldn't watch everything subtitled, but I totally enjoy subtitles. <laughs> and one thing that I really like about them is you, or at least I tend to hear the dialogue in a different way. I can hear the emotion in it more sometimes yeah. because I don't know the meaning, you know? The words, yeah. So yeah. Just, you hear the tone. Yeah, so it's just That's a different experience. For me, it. it just forces me, like, because I'm so, I'm bad about this. I so often multitask and I'll be working on emails or whatever while I'm watching and then I realize I wasn't really paying attention. I have to rewatch it. And when right, I have to read subtitles, subtitles <laughs> yeah. I have to, like, put everything down and I have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So... So your assignment, your assignment for future episodes then is to turn the sound <laughs> down and turn the subtitles on. I could do that, yeah. <laughs> then you can't hear the zombie growls. I didn't uh, even realize it was all subtitled until the end. Well, yeah, and that's what I said earlier too. Is like I didn't even realize the whole thing was in Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, which is totally cool of me. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm a, you know I'm a fan of subtitles. I can I can dig it in yep. any case. <laughs> all right, let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Yo 
que pensaba Hoy no es mi día, estoy salado Pero Pedro Navaja, tú estás peor No estás en All right, we're back. It's time to talk about our sponsor. It's Fracture. Fracture is your photos printed on glass in vivid color, of course. And if you're taking a lot of pictures on your phone like everybody else, then it's kind of a shame that they're all hidden away. I was telling Jenny a lot of my photos should be hidden away because they're not that good. But, you know, we're all, we're all like that. You take one and it's bad lighting or... Somebody makes a, a lot of nude face. selfies <laughs> or it's just an accurate depiction of me. Right. It's uh, you didn't like, make something look better than it actually is. Oh, like, come on. You take some awesome pictures. But, uh, Shush. you know, there's always some that are like, whoa, that's great. Or, oh, my God, that look at look at that smile or look, you know, look at the kids or whatever. You know, you look at it and you just feel good when you look at it. So this is the perfect kind of photo to make a fracture of. So you go to their website, you upload that photo. And then they send it to you printed on a beautiful pane of glass and it looks great. And then you can put it up on your wall or on your desk and then you can get that special feeling every time you look at it. Or you can send it to somebody else for a gift and make mm. them feel good. This is a great way to make somebody feel good. Such a great gift when you can't think of something to give somebody in this modern day where everybody has pretty much whatever they like. So I challenge all you guys to look through your pictures and not find one that you like to have made in the fracture, made into a fracture. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you, and somebody's like, well, I never take pictures. I'm like, well, this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you Liar. do want to get one, it's super easy. You just go to their website, upload it, choose a size. Um, even if you upload a picture that's too low resolution for a certain size they will it'll warn you yeah they're good with that they warn you they want you to like it and yeah. um they have this happiness guarantee so if something goes wrong and you don't like it you can uh let them know and they'll make it right which did happen to me recently one of my photos was cropped uh weirdly it was actually my fault but they still were nice and gave me one that oh, wow. was done correctly yeah so nice. i was stoked that's so cool so if you want to get one go to fractureme.com slash podcast and choose walking dead cast on there if you're a first-time customer you'll get 10 percent off but do it anyway because um we want them to know that you heard about them through us so that's fractureme.com slash podcast thank you guys thanks fracture obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens the people it kills get up and kill are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. Time for the news. First one, Ruben, I think it's Blades, was uh, interviewed at Variety. They said, Salazar lives. When did you find out you hadn't actually died? He says, I knew the return of Salazar was something that was possible because of the way the last episode with Salazar, that burning cell cellar, was staged. When I finally got the news, I was very happy. Which I was glad to hear because I was I had always been wondering if he had been if he had asked to leave the show. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, actually, um, now that you mentioned the pronunciation of his last name, I had been wondering the same thing. And Hardwick had said Blades on on the show. Um, he was actually on Talking Dead last night. Um, mm -hmm. So that just you know made me even more confused. I but did you guys know it. he ran for president in Panama? No. I found out watching the Talking Dead last night. <laughs> How crazy is that? That is crazy. And he's like in a band and the Renaissance yeah. man, all kinds of crazy, multi-talented yes. guy. He's very cool. That's so pretty cool. awesome. 
They say Salazar has always been a character who was very composed and in control, even during the apocalypse. In tonight's episode, he's much more broken and defeated. How is playing him in that mindset compared to how you'd been playing him in the first two seasons? He says, this is Salazar's second apocalypse. His first apocalypse Ooh. in San Salvador, he felt the same way. He's been in situations where he has lost control and his escaping San Salvador was a time when he was not in control of his surroundings and he had to escape them to survive. Knowing that helped me put this Salazar in his second apocalypse in the same mindset he was in the first one. Uh, it's so hardcore. Yeah. So was he uh, intense or was he jovial or what? On the show? Yeah, on talking. Uh, he was to... very reserved, a little jovial, a little intense, uh, a little bit of all of the above. Interesting. He, yeah. Yeah, he's he cool. You should watch it. Yeah, he was pretty down to earth, though. Like, he was cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I would love to meet him at a con. Oh, yeah, maybe he seems one like of a really cool guy. Cool. Maybe. Alicia Debnam Carey, who plays Alicia, was on IGN.com. They asked her, you know, what she thinks about the departure of Dave Erickson, the showrunner, after this season and getting a new showrunner for season four. He, she says, we're really curious to see where it's going to go. Dave did such a wonderful job and we all love him and know he's going to do amazing things. It's exciting to see then a fresh new perspective or is there a time jump or will we carry on straight away or are we going to get completely new characters right out of the gate? It does set us up for some really cool potential storylines. So it sounds like she's like, Oh yeah, thank God. I'm really happy about this. (laughs) Is it, is it Scott Gimple? No, he's coming on as an executive producer and there's two, two showrunners that used to work on once upon a time and some other things. Okay. Okay. But now I'm sort of like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, now that it's getting, I know because it's going good. so good. Yeah. Uh, I hope they don't change it to be more comic booky like the main show. I like yeah. that it's grounded. Uh, new thing. Hollywood Reporter said Skybound Entertainment, which is Robert Kirkman's company, has par- partnered with this video game company Skydance to develop virtual reality games based on Walking Dead. Oh, man. According to the companies, the first game in the multi-year agreement will feature, quote, an entirely new setting of cast of characters, which players will experience through a contextual interaction system. Our goal at Skydance Interactive is to honor the visceral world that Kirkman has created while giving The Walking Dead's fans something to really sink their teeth into. So it's I think it's going to be in the comic universe because that's what Robert Kirkman has control of, kind of like the Telltale games are, but it'll just have new characters and be VR. That should be cool. Yeah. I'll check it out for sure. VR zombie stuff sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Nicotero produced a couple of little like five minute VR film experiences. Well, they're 360 degree and they're on YouTube. And if you have, you can watch it with your phone and move your phone around and you'll, you'll see what? the zombies all around. Or you cool. can put on one of those little cardboard VR things and, and it's, yeah, I have one of those plastic VR things that you yeah, put your phone into. You yeah, I've got one it, of those. Yeah. Okay. And then you can get eaten by like 30 zombies. Yay! My <laughs> dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> I can just bite you next time I see you if you want. Ooh, would you? <laughs> okay. That's a date. Okay. Just my rubber arm. Next, uh, <laughs> Denai Guerrero was on live with Kelly, and she oh. said that when Stephen Yun left the show, they did something special for him. She said it, it was so painful to imagine him not being there. He's so the heart of our show and us as a family. We were like, we cannot just send him off with a dinner. We have to do something 
he's such a singer dancer. He's always up in the trailer doing a little dance thing. So we're like, we're going to create a little dance thing for him. So we decided it had to be Backstreet Boys. So the girls dressed up all in white. Some of us had the turned around cap. Some of us had little suits (gasps) on and we did. I want it that way. (laughs) There has got to be a video of this somewhere. I know. I'm like, dang, lucky guy. Just so you guys know, I do not know what Live with Kelly is. It's some talk show. Yeah, don't worry about it. You know who Regis was? Regis Philbin. So she took over his show. Okay, somebody had said it the other day, like yeah. or you know, a couple months ago in New York, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But JDM, it used to be Regis and Kathy Lee. Yes, yeah. And then it was Regis and Kelly, and then Regis left, and it's just Kelly. Um, I don't watch it regularly, but sometimes if someone I care about is on, I do. And JDM has co-hosted it several times. Huh. He likes it apparently. I bet that would be cute. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right, and is this the last one? No, two more. So Michael Cudlitz on Inquisitor.com talked about, well, I'll just read what he said, a few quotes. He said, being a fan of the show, I wanted to make sure that my death didn't take away from Stephen's death. I was very concerned about that as a fan. Stephen and Melissa McBride, I felt they had the greatest arc that I enjoyed following most. They were sort of the heart and soul. So far as the direction, the moral compass, always pulling everybody back, especially after Herschel had passed. I'm kind of happy that the majority of the focus leaned on Glenn's death. That was nice of him to That's say. That's cool of him, yeah. Yeah, he's a good totally guy. Totally cool. He is. Love him. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah cool. I'm moderating his panel in Portland, so I'll ask Ooh. him if that's true or if he was just trying to look like a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and then finally, at the Walker Stalker Nashville that just passed, someone asked Stephen Young if he'd be up for returning to The Walking Dead, uh, presumably like a flashback or a dream sequence or something. And he mm-hmm. said, nah. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He said, I will oh, leave it open to what makes sense. I wouldn't want anybody to force anything, but if it makes sense, then I'm totally down. Cool. So that's good because I think that should happen. Mm-hmm. Should have a flashback. Maybe, or maybe when his baby is born. Yeah. Or oh man, that's the saddest part that. of his death. I know. To me, <clears throat> a little baby. Oh, we'll yeah, find but it's you. also the happiest part of his death, right? Because a piece of him is we'll living move, on. We'll live on until the baby dies. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! Hey, Judith is still alive. That's true. If Judith can yeah, but that's alive. you know that there can only be one. Only be one. They should do a cartoon, yeah. Judith and well, in the comic, uh, this is a spoiler. Should I should we say what his name is in the comic? Maybe we shouldn't say what the little. I that up to you. You're our boss. Yeah. Um, okay. If you don't want to hear, since this is the last item, just skip <laughs> to the next section. But I'm going to say what their little baby's name is. It is little Herschel. Herschel, which is a weird name for a modern child, but okay, right? But hey, it's the zombie apocalypse, so let's bring back old-fashioned names. (laughs) That makes sense. All right, that's it for the news. Let's move on Mm -hmm. to listener moans, groans, and grunts. So for this one, I asked you guys whether or not this episode held up. I asked that before I had seen it, but here's what you said. Rima Joe says, I was so happy to get to learn more about one of my fave characters on this show. Watching Daniel Salazar struggle with his past and what he's done, trying to do good and having to return to the killer he once was, showed how brilliant Reuben Blades is. 
He simply, or he slipped back into being a deadly threat with such ease, and then it turned out, then turned it around on Dante and his group so smoothly, I didn't see it coming. For the first time since the beginning, I'm excited to see what happens next. Yay! Awesome, Rima. Nice. That's what I like to hear. Yep. John Benz says, this was my favorite episode of Fear, period. John, I am with you. Mine too. Okay, sorry. The acting, the <laughs> script, mostly in Spanish, the new characters, damn, that was awesome. I knew Daniel would redeem himself, and he did it in the best possible way, and the best possible time. Efrian played his character beautifully, very impressed. The scenes between he and Daniel were really beautiful. Can't wait to see where this will go. Maybe Efrian and Ophelia fall in love. Calling it now. <laughs> we'll remember that. See if yep. Wow, that would be hilarious. <laughs> kept calling him old man. You know. Yep. Then we'll have That's a romantic so comedy sitcom spinoff. Then uh, Daniel will beat him up again. Stay <laughs> 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 away from my daughter. Uh, Robin Price Daly says it was a great episode. I hated having to read subtitles the entire time, but I understand why they did that because they're Spanish. They're Mexican. I'm loving this <laughs> show this season. Glad I never gave up on it. Ah. Paik Allen says, I loved it. A Salazar-centered episode was perfect. When they were cleaning his leg, that was hard to watch. His personal story is definitely the most interesting. Yeah, I wasn't even, like, sad that we didn't see, like, Nick and the gang at the Mm -hmm. the compound at all. I mean, but I'm not, like, I mean, I want to know what's going to happen with them. Oh, well, definitely, me too, but I wasn't... I was so enthralled that it wasn't like, hey, I want to see the other guys too. Okay, sorry. Uh, Mofavo says, great episode with great attention to detail. The dead not biting Daniel's leg of dead tissue. I guess that's like being covered in guts. And Ugh. how gross was the debridement? I don't know how to say this. Debridement? Debridement? I don't know. Debridement? I mean, I know what it is. I just don't know how to say it. Sorry. Debridement <laughs> of oh, his God. burn with the razor blade. Um, I'm with you, Mafavo. That was yeah, awesome. I love and straight razors. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was even like, wow. But <laughs> there's definitely a part of me, you know, when you have, like, if you have a sunburn and you're peeling, you want it off. So right. I was like, yeah. get that stuff off of there. <laughs> <laughs> get that stuff off of there. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Adams says, best episode yet. Very compelling. And the acting was off the hook. Oh, and the sweeping cinematic shoots in the beginning really set the stage for an epic episode. More, please. Yeah, yeah. Off the heezy. <laughs> J.D. Raymer says, this was a great episode. I wish the whole series was centered around Daniel. Much better story. Ah. Oh, Rick Montalvin. Sorry if I ruined your last name. This episode was amazing. Wow. Better than most of TWD season seven. No joke. I forgive Daniel. Hands up. I think it's like Montalvan, like Ricardo Montalvan. Rick Montalvan. Ricardo Montalvan. (laughs) Maybe. Heather McKim says, I'm sorry, but I laughed so hard at the lightning strike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, you know. Brad Holt says, great episode. On par with the best of TWD. Daniel Salazar has always been the most compelling character, in my humble opinion. Terry Collins just says, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys all, I liked it, but everybody liked I it, it a little more than I did, but I liked it. 
I think you need to sit down and rewatch it again a third time. <laughs> I liked it yes. more the second time too. Uh, Daniel Diaz, this is an email, says, "Hello, Jason and crew, or J Crew." Fear the Walking Dead is light years ahead of The Walking Dead in terms of plausibility, deep character development, unpredictability, better storylines, and in English subtitles. The storylines are focusing more on the interaction between the surviving humans than the zombies, which adds to the richness of the stories. As long as the characters and situations don't devolve into fantasy comic book hype, I'm good with Fear the Walking Dead. Please, no zombie killers wearing a sombrero and wielding a machete slash crossbow. Yeah, I agree, pretty much. And then we got one call, and that's from Emily from Arizona. Yay. Hey, guys. What's up? It's what up? Emily from Arizona calling in. And uh, I I had a thought about last week's episode. Uh, I know I'm making this observation a little late, but uh, I was just thinking about that scene where they were down in the bunker having the quote-unquote Bible study and that David Bowie song Heroes was playing and I was thinking that maybe that was symbolic of uh, something to come or foreshadowing um, because the the song Heroes is actually based on lovers that are on each side of the Ber- Berlin Wall and uh, I, I was thinking about maybe Nick and Luciana um, if that's going to happen where, you know, Luciana will not be allowed, um, inside the walls. Um, I know you guys talked about last time that there's, uh, no Hispanics in the camp and, and maybe, uh, they don't want to have any of the, uh, Mexican people in there and, uh, maybe Luciana will be kicked out and Nick will have to make a choice, which they've kind of been building up to, but I just thought that song Heroes was uh, maybe a little bit foreshadowing that point. So anyway, just uh, thought I'd uh, put that out there for you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Very astute observation. Yeah, I think, I mean, I didn't realize that about that song, but I feel like that plot development or some some permutation of it is is coming you know we uh, we know that uh jeremiah otto captured ophelia and wasn't very nice about it I, there's just undertones of racism, racism. Mm-hmm. yeah there is yeah yeah we'll Sucks see they're painting the preppers to be racist <laughs> yeah i mean yeah I think these preppers are racist. I don't think all preppers are racist. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we'll see. It, it hasn't sucks. been confirmed yet. Um, Emily, I understand that you're feeling, you know, like bummed out because you made the point late, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to make a point a little bit late here myself, which was uh, just a little quote that I thought was interesting where Dante says to Daniel in this episode, uh, this may be the apocalypse but it's not communism. <laughs> so Which I thought was kind of funny. He's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that was funny. Yeah. He's like, like at least it's not communism. Right. Like, Whoa. And so that means he should keep all of the water for himself so he can be the most powerful <laughs> and then dole it out to people in whatever way will keep him in power. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's basically what the communist government would do. I so. know exactly. As yeah. I'm saying that I'm like, does yeah, sound a bit like comedy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I just thought that was a funny line. Me too. Next time on Fear the 
Walking Dead. Next week on Fear the Walking Dead, it's Season 3, Episode 5, Burning in Water, Drowning in Flame. We start off seeing flames. So just so you know, we're about Uh, to talk a little bit about what's going to happen next week in case we have any new listeners. It's not that much, but it's like whatever we saw in the little uh, preview clips or the um, synopsis. So if you don't want to hear that, you should skip ahead. Spoilers ahead. So we start off at the Prepper Ranch where a fire is burning down some type of building and Jeremiah says, let it burn. Makes sense for the Preppers to be conserving their water resources. They don't want to be wasting it to put out something they could just rebuild. All the wood that's around. There's a conflict between Nick and Luciana. Luciana wants to leave. Nick doesn't want to. Daniel looks like he's taking Strand's whip, his car that he stole from the hotel. And um, a Native American looking guy shows up at the ranch and and basically tells them, tells Nick and crew to leave. Um, I think these are probably the guys who shot the helicopter. Nick asks Jeremiah, we're on the same side now, right? And Jeremiah responds, would be nice if it were true. And there you have it. That's next week on the walking, on Fear the Walking Dead. I'm not that interested in, in uh, Nick's girlfriend. What's her name? Uh, Luciana. Luciana. Yeah. I don't know why. Because you're racist. I am very, very interested in her, let me tell you. I mean, I think she's gorgeous, but she needs something good to do. Yeah. I like a nice morena. All right, that's our show, episode 267. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you, guys. Great to have you Thanks, back. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Super fun. So good to Thanks have you, Duncan. Me. It's a privilege to be here. I love you guys. Yeah, love, love you, you back. If you want to call us, people listening, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can also find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. Once again, I'll mention if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. Lots of good rewards on there. If you pledge at the $10 level, then you get to come in our private Facebook group, which is super fun and people are really digging that. So thank you for anyone who supports at any level. Uh, we also are giving away Walker Stalker tickets every month. So that's, that's pretty fun. What? You are? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I send you an email and I say, send oh, yeah. these tickets off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't, Don't get, get bit. Rebecca, Rebecca Adams. Adams.